Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 85, titled 1 John, The Evidence of Faith, Part 1. 1 John is a New Testament epistle of five chapters. In this letter, John is writing to the churches of Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey. The churches are being divided by false teachers, and so John gives them the evidence of genuine faith. The overall message of 1 John is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, which is revealed in having the right belief about Jesus, loving God and others, and living a righteous, moral life. The outcome of a person living this way is fellowship with God, as well as others, joy, holy living, and confidence about your salvation. Today, we'll focus on the evidence of your faith, as outlined in 1 John, and a few purposes for it as you read through the epistle. So let's start with obedience as evidence of your faith. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You'll notice as you read through 1 John that obedience is the focus again in chapters 2, 3, and 5. We'll see more of this the next time we're together. Second is love as evidence of your faith. Chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. And third, right belief as evidence of your faith. Chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. 
As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. These three evidences of your faith are rooted in three assertions John makes about God. He says God is light. God reveals righteousness and the way to live holy lives. God is love. People who have God living in them will love him and others. God is truth. People who believe this will believe correctly about God. So God is light, God is love, and God is truth. People who have fellowship with God will be moral, loving, and believe correctly about Jesus Christ. These evidences throughout 1 John become tests of your faith, and John mentions four purposes for them in this letter. Let's look at the first purpose. To have fellowship with believers and God. Chapter 1, verse 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The second purpose, to experience full joy. Chapter 1, verse 4. We write this to make our joy complete. The third purpose, to prevent sinning. Chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. And the fourth purpose is to give assurance of salvation. Chapter 5, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. First John is a message that if you have a personal relationship with God in Christ, the outgrowth of that relationship is truth, faith, love, and morality. Living this way produces a correct belief in Jesus Christ, fellowship with God and others, joy, holiness, and confidence about your salvation. There are four kinds of people listening today. There are those who are saved and know they are saved. There are those who are saved but are uncertain of their salvation. There are those who think they are saved but are not. This is perhaps the most serious. I read a quote from Billy Graham where he stated that half of all church members in the United States are made up of those who think they are saved but are not. I wholeheartedly agree. Lastly, there are those who are not saved and know it. First John will clarify where a person stands in their relationship with God. Now I want to address those that are listening that know in their heart that they are not saved but want to be and have their sin forgiven, but don't know where to begin. We are saved by God's grace alone when we have faith in his Son, Jesus Christ. All that is needed from you is that you believe you are a sinner, that Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead, and then ask for his forgiveness. Then turn from your sins. That's called repentance. Jesus Christ knows you and loves you. What matters to him is the attitude of your heart 
your honesty. There is a prayer that is spoken from the heart called the sinner's prayer. It begins with, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is to assure the Christian you are a child of God. He does this by helping us understand the work of Christ and the love of Christ. What does Christ's work mean for the believer? No charges of guilt. What does Christ's work of love mean for the believer? Eternal life with no separation from God.